Cypher 20. Welcome to another episode of 20 for 20, a podcast all about 20 time projects where the students in my high school English classroom are spending 20% of their time, so every Friday of each week, dedicated to independent, self-directed, creative projects entirely of their own design. So I hope you enjoy hearing what these students have to say about their projects, and maybe you'll hear something that inspires you to try your own. All right, so I'm here with Justin today. I'm going to talk to him about his 20-time project. Justin, go ahead and tell us what you're working on. So I'm working on American Sign Language, and so far it's gone really good. It's uh, it's not what I expected. It is a lot. It's a very, it's very interesting. Wouldn't say it's hard work, but it is very mental, very mental. I understand that. Because uh, with all the signs you have to memorize, you have to know how to coordinate. Very, very a lot of coordination and uh, memory. Uh, but so far, I think I've handled it very well. Would you say there's a lot of like muscle memory to it? Does it does it require getting into a little bit of routine once you've learned the signs? Uh, yeah, it very. Because with like you have to put so much with the coordination, then you have to memorize what you want to say, and then how you say it with how your hand movement, how you what you want your fingers to do. It's just sometimes it can be very stressful. But once you keep doing it over and you practice and you know what you're doing, it's very learning it is not as hard, but it's still very. I don't know the word for it. I wouldn't say it's hard to learn. Well, doing like doing it, doing it is not hard unless you know like some phrases you can put together, and then some phrases you have to do separately. Like um, I say, hello is one hand movement, mm-hmm. but how are you is a few more than yeah. just it's fingers and hand movement. So there are signs for whole phrases, and then mm-hmm. there's signs like maybe there's not a sign for that phrase, so you need to put the individual words together. Oh, that's really interesting. I just I wouldn't have thought that. I I just kind Kind of was of the of the belief that there's specific signs for specific words and then you are in charge of putting those together but you're saying that there are some just phrases that have their own sign mm-hmm, indeed and i didn't know that i didn't know that i thought it was actually just you know just separate but there actually is um like i said there's just phrases and there is some words so there is some words that actually take a lot of movement but you know hello it's just that one hand movement and then um like i said how are you that's that many mm-hmm. movements and uh um Oh, day. And day is more movements mm-hmm. than just hello, because hello, like I said that, and then... And what, what y'all can't see is that Justin's actually doing the signs for me, and it's just blowing me away that you have these just readily available. Like, you're learning it. I think that is such a cool thing to see. Everybody's doing their own projects. Everybody has really different focuses, so you can look around the room and see different people what their work looks like from day to day is going to be really different from each other's. And then I see you over there. You've got your ASL textbook. I guess it's a textbook or dictionary, I guess. Yeah, dictionary. And uh, you're just you're practicing those. And I've seen you talking to Briar, who you sit next to in class. Like You're actually talking about those movements. And just to see what it looks like for everybody to be able to do something different at least on those 20-time days, and pursue something that you wanted to learn, I think that's that's a really cool thing to see. Why did you choose that project? Well, to be truthful, to be why I picked it was because I actually I actually didn't know what I was doing. When you told me that and you gave me all the lists, I was like, I don't know which one I want to do. What would be something that I would like to do? But when I was walking, but I was walking to my next period, I was like, something just popped in my head, sign language. I was like, that could be interesting. Yeah, why not? And then once I got into it, I was like, I guess I'm, I'm doing it because it's, um, it is a challenge for me. It is a challenge. It can be if you don't focus for it. Mm-hmm. You don't like realize what you're doing. But so far it's going well. And it's, uh, I want to do it because in case I, I have family members that are deaf and I don't know how to right. do it so far. 
but I've been able to able to like uh, say hello mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And um, I did it because in case maybe one day I have a friend that's deaf, I don't want them to feel left out. Right. I, yeah. So like it's it's kind of hard for like when new people want to join a friend group, but there's something that they don't have or know how to do, mm -hmm. and then. Like, for, in case a deaf person wants to be, like, in my friend group, mm -hmm. and I'm the only one who talks it, they can feel comfortable with me. Right. I just, I remember that, that stood out to me so much about your pitch before you ever started the project, telling me why you wanted to do it. And not just because it's a challenge, which is a good enough reason on its own, but you were actually thinking, I've got family, I've got their friends or even potential friends. There could be somebody. I remember you saying, well, what if a deaf student came to the school and, and nobody can speak sign language? Like, I could help that person. That's such a good reason to pick this project, to want to be able to use it, but also have other people in mind. This type of project where you're trying to be creative and solve problems and come up with solutions for things that you just haven't thought about before, to be motivated in that way for this project, I think makes it a great choice. I'm really proud of you for picking that. What would you say, Chris, you talked a little bit about the, the actual signs that you've learned in the process of learning those signs. Is there anything that you'd say you've learned about yourself in going through this process? How coordinated I am. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, um, the last Friday I was working on my sign language, I was very, because the one before it I was working on greetings, like writing them down and stuff like that, and then learning it. And I wasn't so as coordinated as I thought I was. But then the last Friday, I was actually able to say sentences very well. Because mm -hmm. since I learned it, I practiced it. And then, like I said, with doing all this hand movement, you could mess up what you're trying to say, and then you get all squirrely and you don't know what to do. You've said something you didn't mean to say. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that being a problem. But I just, like I said, I see you practicing it. I know that you're working on it even outside of school because you keep coming back with more phrases and sayings and words and things, movements, I guess. I just think it's such such a good idea. But that's, that's an interesting takeaway. I wouldn't imagine that when you heard 20 time that you would think, you know, six weeks from now, I'm going to have learned about how coordinated I am and <laughs> putting these mental and physical processes together. I think that's another cool outcome of projects like this where you just don't know what you're going to get into. What are your goals going forward? Is this something that even after the project is over, will you keep learning sign language? Uh, I actually have been thinking about that. Part of, part of me thinks, because I haven't learned a lot. You've seen the book that I have. It's mm -hmm. very, very big. Oh, it's huge. I thought maybe I would learn quite a bit before 20 time is over. Mm -hmm. But to be honest with you, I think I'm not going to be able to learn as much as I think I will. But mm -hmm. I think I'll learn enough to where I can prove that this is a good idea and a good right. 20 time yeah. and a good thing to do past the 20 time. Mm -hmm. I think that's the that's the mark of a good 20 time project is you pick something that you're so interested in that even though the project is over, you want to keep doing it. Like that's that's where these podcasts came from. I've always wanted to do one, but nothing has made me start it. And we can always want to do things, but something's got to inspire us to say, okay, today's the day I'm going to get started. And it's just now I, I want to keep doing this after the project is over. Sounds like learning sign language for those reasons that you said is something that you want to keep doing. Is there anything else you want us to know about the project? Maybe uh, what's what are your goals in the short term? But by the time 20 time is over, what do you want to accomplish? Uh, I want to really accomplish more or so um, being able to not, I'm, I'm not going to be able to say full on like, like an hour conversation sign language, obviously, but I want to be uh, enough to where I can start, like start a conversation, keep it going enough for enough time and end it, you know, in a yeah. good way. Yeah. I, I liken it to 
learning Spanish a little bit as far as seems to be what you've learned to do first is have a conversation. Hello, how are you? Maybe where is a, you know, a popular place that someone might need to go? Where's the bathroom? Where's the classroom? Whatever. It seems like that may be where you kind of want to end up for now, like being able to have that general conversation. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing about your project idea. I think just such a wide variety of ideas out there. Yours is so unique, and it's got such a good inspiration behind it that I think people want to hear about it. So thank you. Well, thank you. Okay, now I'm talking with Amanda about her project. So Amanda, what are you working on for your 20-time project? So for mine, I'm doing a jollification, and I decided that I wanted to recreate my own, and I had a cover letter, my jollification, my experience, and a business card planned out that I was going to read. Very cool. Revamp. And so that was my, like, idea I decided I want to do this project because I got six employment skills and this year I'm going to go for first. And so explain that six and employment skills. What are you talking about? So it's an FFA competition and you get put in a flight of 36 people mm-hmm. and then they cut that down to about 12. So where does that happen at the regional Crockett level? Crockett County. Crockett it's County. So that w- the regional level. region. Okay. So I got to my second round and I was six out of six. And I decided that I wanted to be a little bit better because I forgot to ask questions at the, like the very end of my I job got interview. You. So they count you off points for that. And so I didn't like the way the application was set up. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I had to have like help filling it out. So I decided that I was going to make it a little bit easier to understand and more experience based rather than just what you know. Okay. Like so you're designing your own job application or more of a resume application okay like asking questions that you would want to know if you were an employer right okay so what business would you have in mind like what are they applying for if this is an application that you're getting ready you're trying to hire somebody what job are they applying for um so for this one i chose for this one in the competition i chose a vet tech at the um, northwest tennessee veterinary service interesting have you talked to them i have over the phone. I haven't gone in person yet. Right. Over the phone. That's a really cool, like you're getting into detail then about it. You're mm-hmm. wanting this to be legitimate mm-hmm. and it's not just the job application. I think we talked about it at the beginning of your project that you're wanting all of your employment skills like to be worked on, right? Mm-hmm. So you said you're doing a business card, you're doing a cover letter, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you've made progress from where you were? I do because last year I had no idea how to write a cover letter, no clue. So I did like a little bit of research and I was like asking around businesses like, hey, how do you want your cover letter written or how would you accept a cover letter? And not only did that like help my writing skills, but it also impacted my speaking skills as well. Oh, awesome. And it gave me a better understanding of how to not be nervous when talking to somebody. Right. Because that was one of my big like main worries in my interview that I competed in is I was shaking the whole time and I was nervous and they could tell I was nervous. So I was working on that a little bit, and they said that you could start doing hand motions if that made you comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I just started doing so that. Does that show up in your evaluation that yes. they can tell that you're nervous? Yes. So sometimes I know, like in from speech, if you're giving speeches and things like that, one sign, it's not always a sign of unpreparedness, but people look at that as unpreparedness because you're nervous and not as comfortable. Is that how they would kind of see that in an interview? In an interview, or the just way they maybe saw lack it, of confidence? In the interview, they would see it as how prepared you were to present yourself, right? not what you're presenting on a sheet of paper. So if you were like animated and you talked with your hands, okay, they gave you points for that. If you spoke clearly, you didn't speak too fast, that's presenting yourself. Um, we, of course, our official dress, we have to wear skirts. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to make sure your legs are crossed and you're sitting right and you're not fiddling with stuff. 
So that's like the basis of how they grade you on how you present mm-hmm. yourself. Oh, well, that's a lot more detail than I would have thought about, but it's interesting to hear you explain that. It makes sense, though, because I've been to plenty of interviews, and you think about those things when you go. How am I presenting myself? Am I speaking formally? It's not a normal conversation, but at the same time, you don't want to be nervous. You want to present yourself comfortably, understandably, but knowing, having awareness of the importance of the situation. Sounds like you've thought about all those things. I have. And they also said that eye contact was a huge thing. Right. So every interview that like you you ever have to do, always make eye contact with your interviewer. Well, if anybody's listening, they're going to pick up a <laughs> lot of good interview skills in a really short amount of time. I think that's very cool that you're thinking of, you're doing a project that is obviously going to be useful long-term beyond when, you know, when 20 times over, you're still going to use all that stuff. Are you even going to have had your competition by then or is that still coming up? The competition is not till April. Okay. So I still have a little bit of time to prepare. And then along with the competition, I'm also going to run for a regional office. So that will help me in that interview too. Right. Well, I love that you've chose something that's obviously going to be useful past, you know, the the deadline for 20 time. That's what I wanted y'all to be able to pick were things that you're already going to be doing it anyway. It's important to you. It's applicable to you and you'll keep doing it even after we're done. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about that. What are, what are your goals in the short term? Maybe by the time you present to the class, what do you hope to accomplish? In the time I'm supposed to present to the class, I hope to be able to say that I have taken a step toward what I think is something along the lines that a business owner would want to use when hiring new people, hiring new employees. And business cards, back to the business cards. I want to be able to make myself look good, but also at the same time be very like simple and straightforward and that kind of thing. That's a business card. You've thought about it. I could tell. I'm excited to see what you what you end up with. I think it's just clear from the way you're talking about it and what I've seen you do in class that you know what you're doing. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Just a reminder that we are in a school setting, so we're going to hear some school noises in the background, but that's okay. That's part of it. Uh, but for our last interview today, I'm talking with Briasia. So, Briasia, tell us about your 20-time project. So, my 20-time project is I'm making um, personalized bookmarks. It's basically one of the books that I'm doing right now. It's um, It ends with us by Colleen Hoover. I just started that book. <laughs> I just did a podcast episode about that book. This is fun. I want to buy your book more. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of using the cover as like a a background for the bookmark. So if you know the book, it's like a pink background with like, I guess, cherry blossoms Mm -hmm. on it and everything. And so I'm kind of basing that around the cover. And I'm going to put like, I'm still working on it. So it's going to take a little while and I'm not really artistic but I'm getting there so it's going to have like the cherry blossoms and then I was thinking about putting like a quote in the middle so one of the more popular quotes is just keep swimming and that's really prominent throughout the book so I think that's the one that I will use because everybody knows it it's a theme throughout the whole entire book it just has purpose at the end when you get to the end and it's just a it's kind of inspirational, too. Yeah, you've well. got me hooked because I'm two <laughs> chapters in, and I haven't heard him say that yet. Yeah. Well, actually, I've only met just now met Atlas in the first place. Yeah. But anyway, that's a different podcast. But So you're making personalized, handcrafted bookmarks yes. specific to the book. Mm-hmm. Okay, very interesting. Now, what, what inspired you to choose that project? Um, I really love reading, and I'm more into romance novels than anything, but I could kind of branch out but right now it's romance novels 
and I've read probably about 20 books in my lifetime. And whenever I was in elementary school or middle school, we would always read and it would be like AR and we still have that, but it's optional. So I would just kind of get a book that I would like and then go into my room and read and I'd read for like hours and I would just kind of get transported into like a world in my mm-hmm. mind. And it's like so cool to just escape reality and There's just really read. nothing better than <laughs> yeah. There's just something different about I guess it's the length of time maybe that it takes to read a book. You're involved with those characters for so long mm-hmm. and you you get to know them better than you can in a 2-hour movie or a 30-minute television episode, but you can hear what they think too. So that kind of experience of getting deep into a book inspired you to how did the bookmarks come into it? Um, well, I've always just kind of picked up a piece of paper and used it as a bookmark. And I kind of wanted to make it a theme with my book. So that way, if I'm reading the book or like I just want to like set it up as a display, it'll look neat and clean and mm-hmm. it'll just it'll just go with the book. And I really wanted to do that. And I've seen other people do it and they've made like a hobby out of it. And I figured, well, I like books and I love bookmarks too so why not just make it a hobby and turn it into something that I would like to do I think it's a great it's a great idea for a project I think you're right that people there's all the different kinds of options for how we read now we have audiobooks and ebooks so the people who like the physical book don't just like to hold the book but they like the look of it like mm-hmm. books on a shelf look good and so to display it like that with a personalized bookmark to the book just adds to it I think that's yes. a really smart idea what have you learned about yourself through this and it could be something you've learned about making the bookmarks but what have you learned about maybe your own interest or anything like along those lines in doing a project like this well I've learned that I'm really can really take my time on things usually I like would rush through it or I would just like want to get it done and move on to the next one but with this one bookmark that I'm doing, I really want to take like the time to do it and make it look good. So, cause I'm selling it to like other people and friends and family and stuff. So I want to make it look good and I want to make it to where you just look at it and you can tell that, oh, like, oh yeah, she spent like a lot of time on that. And oh, it's yeah. really cute and pretty. and that Yeah, that personalized handcrafted touch. People like those things. That, that's such a smart idea. So the last question I'll ask you, what goals do you have Maybe by the time you end the project or even beyond the end of 20 time, do you have goals to keep going or what do you hope to accomplish? I do have a goal to keep going. I want to kind of make money off of it as well. Um, And I kind of want to make like the customers that do buy from me from me. I want them to like suggest what next book I should read and also do a bookmark on that one. And I just want to kind of expand my reading like what I read, mm-hmm. and also expand like the knowledge that I know. If someone wants to do like a thriller book, I can make it more creative, like the bookmark that mm-hmm. I'm doing, and make it where it's really like to that book and personalized to that book. Yeah, it's not unlike what Amanda's talking about with doing her business cards. You want it to be personalized to the purpose. Mm-hmm. So with a business card, you want it to be simple and straightforward, but say a lot about you. With a book, you want it to be with a bookmark. If you go on the route of a 
personalized, handcrafted bookmark. It needs to be specific to the detail of the book. I like that you want to branch out like that. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me about your project, but I will be sure to follow back up once you're ready to sell them and launch your store. I'll be sure to let everybody know. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of 20 for 20. I just love how these students are coming up with such a wide variety of diverse creative projects to dedicate their time to. It's just amazing the things that they can come up with. Don't forget that this podcast is part of the Across the Top podcast network. You can check out the newest episode of From the Top, which is available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can also check out the Yanks Across the Pond podcast, a podcast all about American soccer players abroad exclusively on Spotify. Thank you for listening and until next time.